0: Cheers. maggie when was the last time you took a standardized test
1: i uh, it's been a while but i know that i'm never taking another one
0: <laughs> so testing season is in full swing ours are right around the corner i know a lot of people are already over it's kind of like late march to early may
1: it's every teacher's favorite season oh yeah yeah, so yeah. we love testing season.
0: It's better than when you have school on Halloween or the last day before winter break.
1: Right, it's one of those <laughs> highlights of the year. Yeah, just like Halloween. It went, great, testing week. Oh my goodness. Everybody's favorite. hmm Yeah.
0: So we were learning a little bit more about testing, and it's actually been around a lot longer, at least than I knew. Uh, maybe this is more common knowledge than I realized, but standardized testing started in like the 1890s.
1: Right. It was used to make sure that people were ready for college. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we still use it like that now. Mm-hmm. But as far as K-12 teachers like us, there are a couple big nodes. You've got the 1930s when you had the Iowas, mm-hmm. which we're from. Iowa. Exactly. I remember <laughs> taking Iowas as a kid. We had this weird, you know, every kid had to take one-on-one Iowas. Oh, yeah. I remember going to the library with my like seventh grade teacher.
0: Wow. See, I barely remember any testing for myself. I I definitely had to take one in high school, but that's it. It was definitely not a yearly thing for me yet.
1: Right. So I was in the nineteen thirties. Yep. And then the big one we start getting into is nineteen sixty five. Yeah. With L B J. And that's the elementary and secondary education act.
0: Yeah, that's when you start to see it become pretty common amongst you know All, public yeah public schools school aged kids yeah
1: to fight poverty
0: yeah that yeah. was part of the war on poverty huh yeah
1: we know how well that's going yeah 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 and then, <laughs> it's not like no child left behind in 2002 was vastly different than how what's the newest way to right. make people you know accountability yeah uh, no, so
0: yeah no child was really the like that's what kind of set the stage for how we know standardized testing today because that was 2002, and that made it mandatory. So now, if you are a public school student in the United States, you must take standardized tests.
1: Right. Grade three mm-hmm. and up, mm-hmm. uh, you're taking it. Some schools have some standardized tests for lower grades, yeah. but federally mandated third grade and up. No Child Left Behind has morphed a couple times into what we have now. Yeah. But standardized testing is is a reality that we have mm-hmm. we first faced it in 2009 when we were teachers in arizona we had aims
0: yeah what the was it? arizona instrument to measure success yeah it was it? Me-
1: yeah i'll have uh, to look
0: that up i think that's what it was i thought
1: standardized testing when we were first teachers was this great roadmap because it told me you know this is exactly what you need to teach mm-hmm. these are your standards you're taking the test in march or april you've got i don't know 120 or something days to get there you've got like 25 something weeks to get all this content in Mm -hmm. and it was a really clear roadmap of what i had to teach so it seemed attractive at first
0: yeah i loved it at first too and i you know was young and hungry and i really liked the data because the data was like super transparent and they would share it and they, they kind of set it up like it was a competition between schools and the district so I taught like eighth grade reading and so I would see because reading and writing were separate uh and so I would see like the the eighth grade reading data from every school in the district and they would rank the schools and then rank the teachers within the schools yeah. and it was all very very public and very out there
1: so would you know they get you as a new teacher because they say like you know Think of the impact that you have. Mm-hmm. Look at the data, the diagnostic of where your students are coming in. Wouldn't it be amazing if you could have them do one and a half, two, two years, years of growth? Yep. Like you can be that top-ranked teacher, and they really get you in with that. Like, look how much you can do with all of this data, and then you can be that change maker.
0: Yes, you're 22. You're eager. I, I had endless energy, and I really. I don't want to say buy into it, but I mean I did. I bought into it, you know. And we, then
1: yeah, we all bought into it.
0: Yeah, and then as as time went on, you know, I'm on year thirteen now,
1: <laughs> and we've seen what it does to the kids. And I
0: how, feel a little differently. <laughs> yeah,
1: how much instruction it's taken away. This is this is what do they say? You've matured.
0: Matured. You've
1: matured. <laughs>
0: I'm not an amateur anymore. No.
1: So <laughs> our perspective and our opinion on standardized testing has evolved.
0: Yes, it's uh, a good way to put it.
1: It's not going to go anywhere. We know all the reasons why they do it. Mm -hmm. Some are good reasons why we haven't, but it takes so much instructional time and the level of stress that it puts the kids through now is probably far worse than I think anyone ever intended it to be.
0: Yeah, I I think that's those are the two misses for me is the lost time and the anxiety and stress that you see from, from kids. And I think, too, I... It depends on the test, it depends on your state, right? We've taught in three different states. And so, you know, it can vary, but sometimes I feel like the data I get back isn't actually helpful to me as their teacher. And so that's when I can start to feel pretty frustrated. Cause I'm like, hey, if it's taking time and we have to push through some stress and anxiety, but we get really meaningful information back that can help us, you know, that would be different. But I'm not, I don't always feel that way. (laughs) Right.
1: I think MAPS tests were okay when we took them in Colorado because I think they would break it out into your performance bands. And you could see, you know, your PB1s are really growing, but Mm -hmm. your PB4s aren't growing as much. What type of extension activities can you put or opportunities can you put in your lesson? If it's really quick like that, it's amazing. But I don't think, I don't see our end-of-the-year data any more than like a really large picture of how the school is doing overall. Same. But it doesn't inform my instruction.
0: Same. And MAPS was adaptive. AIMS might be now too, but when we were newer teachers, everything was still, you know, paper and pencil. Yeah. So that could be, you know, that was different because every kid's getting measured on the exact same test. You know, there's just, there's a lot of different versions now.
1: Did you have a thing where, I think they called them Euler paths. There was a standard that we had to do in Arizona like it was one or two questions on the test and I remember you had to devote like one hour or one lesson to make sure that you covered these super specific pieces that were going to be on the standards that weren't naturally part of your lesson plan already got it I remember me and my co-teachers going through our lessons and saying like, do we hit this one? Do we hit this one? Do we hit this one? Mm -hmm. Oh, we didn't hit this one. We have three weeks coming up. Mm -hmm. We're gonna mishmash a a couple of these lessons together to hit these standards knowing that it's gonna be on the test. So that's where the criticism of teaching to the test comes into play.
0: 100%.
1: Because like, you know, your school's being evaluated on it. Even if it's not against you, Mm -hmm. you wanna do a good job for your kids, for your school. Mm -hmm. And I never felt a ton of pressure for it. I know the kids feel a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that's that's part of my evolvement of understanding standardized tests is I care so much more about how the kids feel when they're going through it mm-hmm. than as I did as a new teacher. And it was, you know, ego-driven on what's my data look like.
0: That's, I completely, completely relate to that. And two, another piece of this is that, I mean, it's implied in the name, right? It's a standardized test. It, it's based on the standards. And so... For a standardized test to feel good and feel meaningful to you, you need to find value in the standards. And, you know, now, again, when we started, it was state by state. And then, of course, we got Common Core introduced. But that's another thing where it's like I would map out everything so meticulously so that we would hit every standard about three weeks before the test. Then we would do a three week spiraled review unit leading up to the test. And then it's like, but what if the standards are no good? Remember
1: having like pep rallies about standardized testing? Yes. And we had the school quote where it's no pressure, no diamonds. And like you put the kids up to the pressure so that they can rise to the occasion. But they're 12. They're 12 and they're so (laughs) stressed. And I know that, you know, the school's hanging on by a thread. And this, like, the kids need to get uh, a certain benchmark on the school performance framework or whatever framework your state uses to evaluate you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're right on that cusp of, you know, is your school going to shut down or are they yeah. going to be put on watch if you don't achieve a certain mark?
0: Right. And we know there's issues with standardized tests and equity, right? Oh. And just, I mean, that's a huge issue. That could be a whole nother episode.
1: <laughs> right. We don't even have to say it, but we know who does well on the standardized test and who's completely disadvantaged
0: right just because of how the questions are structured and and all all kinds of different equity issues right
1: what language you speak or what you're exposed to or you know even having the opportunity to go to school consistently
0: 100 percent, or moving around right so
1: cultural biases in the questions yes like there's huge issues on who doesn't doesn't you know yeah Who is really harmed by these tests?
0: Right. I remember one example question. This was a long time. I think this was maybe even before Common Core. But nevertheless, at some point in time, there was a question that kids had to answer that was a pretty basic math question. But it was a word problem. And the situation of the word problem was about lacrosse. Oh, yeah. Do you know how many kids don't play lacrosse or have never even heard of lacrosse? And so like now this whole question is out of access for you, even though you know how to do the math.
1: Do you remember, I think it was a practice test that we were doing and it was about swimming and it was about going off the blocks. Yes, same thing. Yeah, it's like who has access to swimming? Like what communities have access to swimming? Right, the school
0: we were in did not and these kids were just baffled by this question. Yeah,
1: the vocabulary had something to do with going off the blocks, which Mm -hmm. is when you dive in, but Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, Myriad
0: issues Yes, so there there are a lot of problems As you can see That we see and understand But it, it's not going anywhere Right, it's, like this is sort of A necessary piece of teaching And so, you know We've learned a couple things Throughout the years and along the way That, you know, maybe we can share That will be helpful for other people
1: Right, and it always starts with you The teacher in the room yeah. The kids are going to feed off you
0: mm-hmm.
1: You see the same you know, issues every single year, but for the kids in the room, it's their year taking it, right? And even That's though they've point. taken it every single year for the past couple of years, it's their first time taking it with you. Mm-hmm. If, you know, you're a bit grumpy about it, or if you start going on this, you know, diatribe about how standardized testing is really harmful for the kids, <laughs> right? they're not going to show up the way that they really should show up and represent themselves. And if, you know, you're authentic and you say, hey, this is a reality, but I believe in you. I know you're going to do really well. I'm mm-hmm. here to, you know, support you and you're going to do a great job. And let's not make this a bigger thing than it needs to be.
0: Right. Like the messaging really matters. And they, you know, you're right. The kids do feed off of you. And so, I mean, this is kind of like the oxygen mask. I know. I'm oh. sorry. I'm part of the problem. <laughs> but like we do actually have to make sure that we can... Show up with like a happy face and some energy that week, because otherwise it's going to be a very, very long week for everybody.
1: Put yourself first. Put
0: yourself first. Put
1: your oxygen mask on first. Take
0: care of yourself.
1: (laughs) But (laughs) it's true this week. It really is.
0: It is. And there, I think there are some little, very simple, very basic, very little things that actually go a long way. I remember my first couple years of teaching. I'm kind of short and I taught kids who a lot of them were taller than me. And I insisted on wearing high heels every day.
1: Professional
0: just insisted and I did that for testing week two. and my feet were screaming by the end of I think the first day and I insisted on doing it all week and so just little things like know yourself know your room know your routine wear the comfy shoes
1: right you, you know sh- you should be walking around <laughs> yeah. you know you shouldn't be behind the desk and you know, the moment that you sit behind your desk and take a little break, the admin on duty that's walking around to mm-hmm. kind of do pop-ins is going to see you, you know, <laughs> taking a two minute break behind the desk.
0: You're like, you're I you're like, just like, no, sat no, 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 I just sat down. Literally just, I just sat
1: down. down. <laughs> um, but if you're, you know, circulating furiously, you're going to bother the kids. Right. You just kind of pace in the back. Like, I'm not even here. Yep. As light as steps as you can take.
0: Yep. I know. Try and be quiet.
1: Yeah. So the comfy shoes, yeah. you, got, you got to have the testing week fit.
0: You do like, just make sure that you're, you're as comfortable as you can be. And also just like, you know, other, other comforts, like make sure you've got your water, make sure that your school has a, um, you know, like a bathroom kind of, what am I trying to say? Like a rotation schedule. Uh, Yeah. 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 Someone to come sit in your class for a minute so that you can take your own breaks, have your charger, just little things like that, that will make it go a bit smoother for you. It's
1: tough to say. It is so boring. It is. It's not for the kids. It is tough on the kids, but for us, it's a it's a long week. And it's, you, sorry, go ahead. No, you just you don't get to do what you do best each day, which is teach the lessons. You're yeah. just there proctoring.
0: And it's weird because you you sort of uh, go up and down. I feel like testing week is extremes because it goes from being really stressful to being really boring, right? Like you're trying to get all the kids logged in, and someone gets kicked out, and someone's login isn't working, and it's. It feels very high stakes and stressful. And then it starts and it's like you said, really boring. <laughs> it's just, it's just up and down and up and down. The
1: kid raises their hand because yeah, they got kicked out of the testing software. So you got to go back to your computer and set them back in mm-hmm. and you're all trying to do it very quietly without disturbing anybody right, else. Right. Um, and you're keeping track of the time so you can write how much time is left mm-hmm. and you've just done the really formal instructions.
0: Yes. That by the end of the week they can recite with you.
1: Right. <laughs> Uh, and then you know the kids finish, and they should bring a book. They should bring a magazine. They should bring something to read.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But then they start putting their heads down on the desk because then they're tired, and yeah. they just kind of, you know, kind of brings the energy of the whole room down. And then you're just kind of watching the last couple of kids who are finishing. Yeah. Uh, but it it's an endurance week for us, much more for the kids. But you know, take care of yourself first.
0: <laughs> I think too another thing that I always tried to do. Was I was like, okay, there's, you know, four hours of testing each day. I can get so much done, you know, and I would want to, I would have these grandiose plans to lesson plan and make the next unit and whatever, whatever. And that's not, I feel like trying to do that is setting yourself up for failure because you just don't have like devoted time. You know, there's too many distractions. You
1: think that you can sit down and quietly walk around with a notepad or something and plan your lessons for the next week. Mm -hmm. But no, you're constantly interrupted. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I think that would be another, just something I've learned. If you are really trying to get something done during testing week, I think trying to save some paper grading is the best thing to do because you could maybe grade one, whatever it is, packet worksheet, whatever essay, and then put it aside you know if you're you can't really do anything for more than like five minutes at a time so if you are like no i'm gonna get something done i'm I'm not gonna gonna listen to you something yeah Yeah. try and save some paper grading
1: right i like that i like that
0: yeah and then i think the other tricky thing is if you have to teach after testing yeah that's brutal you can't
1: cram in too much in those lessons either because think of you know you get decision fatigue Mm -hmm. you've really worked hard your brain is tired Mm -hmm. to ask to have the teacher ask you to sit down and do this big detailed lesson afterwards or this really rigorous thing is asking for trouble it's a balance though you can't do nothing you can't just do the cahoots all the time
0: (laughs) especially (laughs) good though yeah
1: the cahoots (laughs) are good uh if the other teachers are trying to get some content in right i like i mean i get to cheat a little bit because i teach science we're going to do some great hands-on things Mm -hmm. you know that doesn't take, you know, a heavy cognitive load on them, but right. they're engaged throughout it. There is a learning target that they hit. Yeah. But really, you got to empathize with the kids with how they feel for the afternoon classes.
0: And just be realistic. I we all know that, you know, the last block of the day is challenging anyway, and you then teach in the afternoon after they've been testing all morning. Yeah. Just be be realistic, be empathetic, you know, see if you could do like an extension lesson that day or a, a Something with, yeah, hands-on, team-building, something like that. But it would not be a good day to sit down and do a close read of a sonnet where you're annotating for anything like that. It's a bad idea. (laughs) Yeah, and it's
1: okay if the kids are a little grumpy because they had a big day of testing. Then they're going to go outside and have lunch and just try and let all of that energy that they had bottled up Mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of like, you know, you have these extreme peaks and valleys. And then in the afternoon, that kind of tired onset just happens earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's a good week to do some engaging things, but not a good week to really press them hard.
0: Right. Right. Hop onto TPT if you need to and, you know, look for something kind of fun.
1: Yeah. But also still maintain your expectations. And I think that can be tough because you can want to just say, hey, you've just had this big morning. I want to let you chill now. I want to let you play on your computers mm-hmm. um, and relax. And I actually think that's almost just as draining because then you're kind of worried that things could escalate you know, beyond your control. Right. Um, and you don't want them to feel like they're completely wasting their time. Like that's a good point. Testing week is so useless because you have these big tests in the morning and then you don't even learn anything in the afternoon. It's free time. Yeah, it's free time. Yeah. So again, they're going to feed off of you. Yeah. Try and find that right balance with your lesson.
0: That's a great point. I saw a teacher on TikTok, um, address that exact situation. I thought perfectly she was tracking and I don't know how she did it. She clearly set it up with the kids, but was tracking different points each day during testing week. And if they hit a certain amount, like a hundred points or whatever by Friday, she had something fun for them in like a mystery box kind of thing. And it was really cute because it seemed like very low prep on her part. And, uh, it was a good way to keep them invested, keep them engaged and actually like bring a little bit of fun and, and novelty to testing week, mm-hmm. you know, so play around with different things like that too.
1: You made me think one of my favorite things to do as a teacher that you can do during testing week is just get a little bit more organized. You mm. know, you're circulating around, you can look in your cabinets, you can see what's going on. You can very quietly and very gently arrange things around, but you can get a little bit organized yourself. But then in the afternoon, that's a great time for kids to also get organized for the last couple of weeks of school. Yeah, And you can use that class time to do, I don't know, a binder reorganization. That's
0: a great point. A backpack clean out.
1: Yeah. Something that is super productive that isn't necessarily what you'd consider mindless, but yeah. uh, helpful for the future.
0: That's a really good point. I like that. Yeah.
1: But you got to be organized before testing week anyway.
0: Yeah, you do. All right. So can you think of anything else? For yourself, we have a bunch more for kids.
1: Uh, the hard part is you want to be really hydrated, but you can't be running out of the room all the time to go to the bathroom. Yep. Um,
0: yeah, you have to get that in check. Right.
1: <laughs> and I think I think some people are really good when they have their Apple Watches or their Fitbits and they see how many steps they can get in.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: but not if you're sprinting around the classroom and trying to get 20,000 steps and you're, you're just jogging in the you back. You're just <laughs> a nuisance in the back of the room.
0: But no, <laughs> that's point.
1: all I really got for, you know, taking care of ourselves? How about helping the kids?
0: The the biggest thing that I think of for helping our kids have a good testing week is explicitly teaching test-taking strategies. I think sometimes we think, especially for older kids, we think that they just know how to figure it out and they don't. That's a skill and we have to teach that. And even just the basics of eliminating clearly wrong answers or you know, going back to the text and reread and looking for the answer. They don't know those inherently, but that can give them a huge leg up and just make them feel more empowered while they're taking the test.
1: Right. I'm trying to think about how you can gamify it a little bit where I'm going to ask the kids, how many answers were you able to eliminate in the last test? Like when you were doing it and you were actively, you know, engaged with the text, Mm -hmm. were you able to eliminate an answer on every single question? And... Just some more active thinking like and then reflect on it. Talk about it with the kids after they've just taken their first test. What worked really well? Yep. Um, when you were eliminating answers, how did you do it? Mm-hmm. What were you looking for? Were you trying to find the shortest answer? Were you trying to find the longest answer? Yep. Did it not just Did it just not feel right when you took it? Yeah. But how many of you are doing active test taking strategies when you take the test? And almost reflecting before they do the next one to try and build in the habit. I like that. But treating the weak, you know, as training for the test-taking habit, you know, yeah. t- treating the test like an abstract.
0: Well, and that's fun for them, too, to have a little more ownership and empowerment over like, well, when I take a test, I do, you know, it's, it's good for them to share with each other instead of only us being the one to deliver the information you know mm-hmm.
1: I also like when they show you how much they did on the scratch paper yes. and saying like look how much work you did
0: mm-hmm. especially
1: if it's digital you don't feel like you got a lot done but yep. if your scratch paper is full of work you know it shows
0: that's something that you could reward too and it's not just for math I remember a couple years ago I started giving kids scratch paper for the the language portion and they were like why, 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 why? do I have this and we talked about it and They would do little things like when they're reading a story, you know, a lot of the times it's like you read a text and there's like eight questions that follow or something and they could jot down key pieces of the text or like questions they were thinking as they were reading it to have that more like active reading, you know, tools engaged. And they loved it And I swear it helped them That's
1: really smart Oh, I like that They're almost annotating Yeah While they're reading
0: Because you're right It's all digital now So they can't annotate the text
1: Yeah And I know they have the digital tools Where, you know, you can put in some text Or you can highlight But Mm -hmm. that's not the same as if you're reading it And you have, you know, your pencil ready in your hand And you're just jotting down context clues Or little things you want to remember or. You come across a word in the text and you think that's a big word that I don't know. They're definitely going to ask me about that later.
0: Yep. Jot down that word or even, you know, depending on your grade level, you know, if they get into the habit of sketching out the little plot map every time they read a story and they'll be like, oh, that's the climax.
1: Yeah. Or if they're really good and they have access to the questions first and they can read the questions before they.
0: And then jot it down. Right. You You know, so push them to use scratch paper. Teach them how. I mean, ideally, we do this all year so that by the time they take the test, you know, it's we're, we're not just putting on a Band-Aid to make their test better. We're giving them actual tools to use in their life. But even if you haven't done it at all, I think that you can show them a couple of these tools. Even the morning of is better than nothing.
1: Right, and it's, a you know, I think you were alluding to this, but you can use it to build confidence with them. You know, you can show it to your neighbor, like not like what did you have on your scratch paper, but just like the quantity, the sure amount of Invo that you put down and then just ask like, you know, how do you use it? How do you use it? And Mm -hmm. just, I think I'm going to do that where you have (laughs) the kids annotate the text while they're reading. I like that.
0: And I think you just hinted at something I think is the number one, most important thing that we can do as teachers for our kids during testing week is build their confidence that I think that is the most important thing because so many kids beat themselves up and are so hard on themselves around assessments in general and then it's this weird assessment where they can't ask for our help and it's a weird online portal and it's you know they see one question that they don't know and so many of them they just they they're like well I don't know anything
1: right like you know yeah I'm someone must know this and I don't so there must be something wrong with me right right
0: and so just like, I think there are a lot of things we can do to build their confidence, teaching them the scratch paper and then giving them a thumbs up or something that's, you know, legally allowed during right. testing to show great. them yeah. to show them that they're doing great.
1: Don't you do the three taps on the desk if the answer is C and two taps on the desk <laughs> if the answer is B to let them know how well they're doing? Is that uh, what it is this yeah, year? You're doing great. One, <laughs> two, three, four taps. Good job. You know, you know, the signals, right? You're doing no. so
0: great. There are
1: those states that have been we, cheating on this sta- yeah. yeah we've seen
0: that there was that big thing in dc yeah and i think atlanta ago. had
1: one too but they were the teachers were actually erasing the standardized yeah test that was afterwards yeah. yeah to imagine having like this big elaborate like tapping thing mm-hmm. but no build their confidence
0: well i think another way to do that too is to message to them just like sort of humanize the situation and share with them that Yes, this is a test. And yes, we want to see how much we know. And yes, it tells us in general how our school is doing. And also, these are questions that were written by humans.
1: It's someone's job to you write can, these.
0: You can. It's just a question, yeah. you know. And even if you see the question and you're like, whoa, I don't know any of this. I bet you can figure out part of it and at least up your chances by eliminating one wrong answer.
1: Yeah. You and, know. And people write and they probably have machines do it now, too. Yeah. Hundreds of versions of these questions where they're not trying to trick you. There's not some, you know, secret conspiracy or big thing with this question mm-hmm. where you know they're trying to trip you up. Like it's just a standard question and yep. they want to see if you know it right away or if you can figure it out based on context clues or if you can eliminate some wrong answers, but that's it. Mm-hmm. And it's someone's job to make this test. You're the student taking the test. You're gonna to have to do it for a couple years. It's all good.
0: Yeah. And I'm certain that some of my kids in the past would have been able to figure questions out that they didn't know if they had had the confidence to do exactly that and look at it and go, Ooh, okay. I do not know the answer to this question, but I bet I can figure it out or at least get to a 50, 50 chance. But so many of them just shut down.
1: Yeah. And if there's no guessing penalty, just guess, go for it.
0: Right. And then another piece of this, and I started doing this. Uh, years ago I don't know when the TED talk came out but there's that classic TED talk on power poses oh yeah
1: your power poses
0: oh my gosh if you haven't seen it you should go watch it but you know it's all about this brain science of how we know that our mind talks to our body obviously but it, it, the reverse is true too. And you're that,
1: getting in the you're getting in there, Maggie. Keep yeah, going. Yeah.
0: Our body talks to our mind, right? And yeah. so if you're sitting in certain positions, it can sort of signal to your mind that you're nervous, anxious, et cetera. And vice versa. There are certain positions you can sit or stand in that tell your brain like, Ooh, I got this.
1: Right. You get your adrenaline up. Yeah. Or, you know, it's, Yeah, you're crouched down and sitting, and your cortisol level rises. But if you're standing up, arms in the air, like I got this, I'm a champion. Yeah, you're gonna feel a lot better.
0: So I would, I would watch that TED Talk with my kids, and we would do power poses, mandatory power poses. (laughs) You're
1: you're walking by in the hallway, (laughs) and you see
0: all my kids are standing with their arms arms up, like
1: like, quantitative reasoning. I've got this.
0: But, you know, and some of them, of course, would roll their eyes. I teach middle school. Some of them would roll their eyes and be like, yeah, I'm not doing that. But a lot of them would get behind it.
1: And I think that's one of the important things that we do this week is try and manage that energy Mm -hmm. because they get so tired. These are tests of endurance. They're hours long, like Mm -hmm. it's four or five days. And when you look at the data, you notice that they kind of fall off a cliff at the end of their tests Mm -hmm. that no one skips any questions in the beginning. But. At the end you see skipped questions, you see multiple wrong answers in a row. And I think, you know, they get tired, your test taking strategies go out the window. You gotta refresh them before every test. Absolutely. If they could bring like power bars or gel packs or something like you yeah. gotta be like these athletes in yeah. there, you know, where they're hydrating and they're taking their gels and they're ready for the next one, they're doing their power poses.
0: I used to give them mints. I was allowed to hand out mints one year or a couple years. Um, and they, cause there, were, I read something that said that mint can be like
1: the stimulating. Yeah. yeah.
0: Something like that. But they loved that. And I told them that too. You know, I was like, oh, this is like your magic treat when you need a little boost, you know, and you'd see about halfway through they'd take their peppermint. It was really cute. Yeah.
1: They're all going to have their gum this week and then the next week. Mm-hmm. So. You,
0: yeah. You can do other, a couple other little things to make it fun. Like if you can bring in mints or. Give them new pencils, just little things like that to make it a little bit less scary can be, you know, it can be kind of fun.
1: And no one ever says that they're a good test taker, maybe every now and then someone, but so many people will say they're just not good at tests. They're not good at standardized tests. Mm -hmm. And you'll try and give them the, you know, the metaphors and the analogies and say, you know, it's a snapshot. It's like taking a picture or it's like reading a chapter in a book, but it doesn't tell you about the whole book. It doesn't change the fact that they still have to sit through it and it doesn't feel good.
0: Yeah. Or the fact that their brains aren't done developing and they're going to be like, I don't care if it's a snapshot. I'm sitting here right now.
1: I want to play with the Snapchat AI right now. Like (laughs) I don't care about the vocabulary section of the test.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. No, it's tough on them.
0: It is. And we can, you know, this all is dependent on your school schedule, but try if it's possible to build in some breaks for exactly the reason that you're saying, you know, I mean if if you're able to go outside and have a recess or something and let them run around in between tests, that I think is ideal. But even if you can't and you can just have a stretch break at your desk or yeah, have a little treat or something, you know, if you can just do anything right. to break it up, I think that helps.
1: I think it's it makes me think about you know, you know, in the morning you're supposed to get up and move around. You're mm. not supposed to just sit down and play on your phone. <laughs> We're not allowed to leave the room in between the tests. Yeah. I think a lot of times you can't. Yeah. But you've got to get up out of your desk and you have to move around and you have to go socialize and build connection and be with your friends. hmm. It can be tempting to just want to sit there and shut down and play on your computer. Yeah. But then you're going to have no energy or no momentum for the second test coming up. Right. So that's something I, you know, try and be mindful of as a teacher is get them up, you know, get them moving. Yep. And just chill.
0: Yeah. If you can even just like stand behind their chair and you play, you know, a word game or or hangman or tic-tac-toe or something quiet on the board just to. Give their brains a like an, a literal brain break, right? We talk about brain breaks in class, but truly their brains need a break yeah. during these days. A
1: minute to win a game if you have some.
0: Yeah, yeah. All
1: right. So I think, you know, it isn't going to go anywhere, but there's a lot of things that we can do to sort of ease the pain. Yep. Um, that's all I got. You got anything else?
0: No, if you've already gone through testing week, we applaud you. I'm a little jealous. I hope it went okay. And if it's coming up, good luck and godspeed
1: yeah hit us up let us know if we missed anything or if there's anything that you think you know that worked really well we want to hear about it we want to feature it
0: please and we want to make ourselves better too so yeah reach out all
1: right let's go get it see you next time see you next time